Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Hello. This is Marsha Thaddison. Welcome to the D-Hour Network. I'm your host, Marsha Thaddison. Just want to wish everyone a happy Sunday. It's um. Gosh, can you believe it's April the 19th, 2020? And um, it's pretty much raining here in Georgia. So tonight is uh, 8 o'clock, and I thank you for being on this show. Tonight I have a guest going to be coming on, and he's going to be sharing his journey about the coronavirus. And we just want to take a look at, uh, give people some options and um, some heads up on what to do. I know the media has been very, very diligently for giving us information 24-7 regarding the coronavirus, the numbers, um, some of the symptoms. So I have here today my cousin, Otis Stewart, who has um, the battle with the coronavirus, and he too is going to kind of share his journey with us. And also we're going to take a look at male uh, health because they said the coronavirus tend to be taken out more of the men. And I think mainly because men tend not to take their health seriously. They ignore a lot of warning signs and kind of hoping that it go away. So we're going to address that issue today. So I just want to wish everyone a happy Sunday. I hope everyone's in a good mood. I know we've been on lockdown for a little bit, but I truly believe that um, as we get past this, then make I think it's going to make us even better and make us more aware of being more health conscious about cleaning it, you know, because, I mean, we shouldn't have to tell many Americans to wash their hands, but a lot of people aren't very um, diligent about doing that. And so, and then to uh, take our health more serious and our body more serious. So welcome to the show. And anyone who's listened to my previous blog talk show, you know this show was to bring everyday information and journeys that people have undertaken with their health, mental, emotionally, and physically to get better. And we want people to know that there's options, there's choices, and a lot of times if you're sick or a loved one's sick, you're just afraid or just not knowing what to do or you become overwhelmed financially, emotionally, spiritually. You just don't know where to turn, where to go. And we want this show to be that show where will give you some information, some knowledge, that allows you and your family to survive. We'll be right back, and we'll have my guest, Otis, with us.
right. Welcome back to the DR Network. I'm your host, Marsha Patterson. And I just want to wish everyone a happy Sunday. I hope I mean, my prayer goes out to many of the family members who have lost their loved ones. Um, we, too, just recently lost a family member. He was dealing with um, stomach cancer but ended up getting the coronavirus in the um, hospital. And he, too, is no longer with us. So my prayer goes out to my Aunt Sarah, who lost her husband, and to many other family members who have been getting calls um, from my daughter's been getting calls from, from her friends and losing your aunts and things. But what we're learning about this coronavirus that there's some underlying health issues that many people are uh, finding themselves a little harder to fight. Otis, thank you for being on the show. This is my cousin Otis' audience. Um, he's down in Louisiana, and Otis too was diagnosed with the coronavirus. Give us background about who Otis is and what happened with your journey with this coronavirus, Otis. Thank you for being on my show. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, My name is Otis. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I came to Louisiana because my brother was ill, and he passed about a week after I got here, and uh, he was in a diabetic uh, coma, so he... uh, Eventually, they let him starve to death because he ended up brain dead. But the time I was here, uh, I contracted the virus, and uh, I had uh, a lot of fever, muscle aches, and uh, pain. And I went to the hospital here to have it checked out, and I told them I had the virus, and they said, well, they couldn't test me for the virus, but they could test me for the flu. So I tell them, well, since I'm here, go ahead and test me for the uh, flu. So they test me for the flu and end up I didn't have the flu. So I went home and got sick again, and uh, I went back to a walk-in clinic, you know, and uh, they told me they couldn't test me for the virus because I had to have uh, uh, my doctor's permission. Well, my doctor's in Atlanta, Georgia, but they changed my doctor while I was out here, so that made it kind of complicated. At the time, they didn't have enough testing kits going on here, and thing was kind of crazy. So anyway, I tested for the uh, virus, and uh, three days later, they called me and said it was positive, you know, that the only thing I could do is go back home and uh, stay away from everybody, so... I had to come back here to the house and stay and uh, with no medical help or anything because there's no cure for the virus. And uh, I had to just about figure out how to fight this thing all on my own by myself. So uh, this has been over two weeks since I've had the virus. I went back uh, Saturday to be retested. So they're going to call me back in a few days and let me know what that test going to be, but I would say now, to anybody, uh, yes, what were you going to say? Lynn? Now, where do you think, you, where do you think you contracted this virus? Because you were here in Atlanta, you went south for the funeral. Now, you were there at a funeral. Do, is there other family members that was at the funeral for your brother that had the coronavirus or ended up yeah. testing for it? Yeah, my, my niece, uh, uh, Rashida, and her husband, he's a minister. Uh, both of them had the virus, 
and 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 they're a little younger, so both of both of them come out of it okay. They didn't get sick or anything, but they did come test positive for the virus. So that was three family members here that tested positive for the for the virus. But it, uh, in between that time, they I think the church lost uh, something like six to seven other members, and then that's that's not even counting people that's steady getting sick. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Through your 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 niece uh, church where he tested positive for the coronavirus, sixty seven right. members of the church died or did six, have six it? or seven yeah, six or seven members of the church, uh three members died in the uh by uh, four still critical, you know. Uh wow. it's the same church. Okay. And uh Okay, got you. Uh I, at the time I, I was uh, asking my uh, sister not to have the funeral, but they wanted to have the funeral anyway because they, you know, they said my brother wanted a funeral, you know, and uh, which turned out to be a big mistake. But it's it better to distance yourself from people and, and not try to congregate because this this thing is spreading like wildfire, you know, and it's... And, you get different stories watching the news, you know, but it all depends right. on your location where you live. And there are not enough kids, uh, even though uh, Trump getting on TV saying they got enough testing kits, there isn't enough testing kits around the country. And, and, and it wasn't enough here. And at my age, I'm 69 years old. I'll be uh, 70 this October 2nd. They don't really care about seniors once they get the virus because the the workload that will be involved with them trying to keep a senior citizen alive, you know. So they mostly wow. focusing on, on yeah, they're mostly focusing on the young people, you know, that they figure, I guess, going to be a contributor to society, you know. Uh, and you're not going to get any help if you get this virus, you know. Uh, help going to be slim. You know, and uh, you just have to be careful, you know, who you go around or who you let come around you. Now, I ran through my mind many of times trying to figure out how I got the virus, but I really don't know how I got the virus. I knew I caught the Greyhound bus here, and it was crowded and packed, and I stopped in New Orleans, and it was crowded and packed, you know, and they had a... Uh, the incident with the with the Mardi Gras that spread most of the virus here because they had Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Right. But I can't right. say right. for sure exactly where I picked up the virus at. I really don't know. And now I'm here. I do live in a senior living place in in Atlanta, but I can't go back there now until I'm all clear. And then even if I'm all clear, I don't even know if I'm going back there because I got uh, a lot of friends and people telling me things going on there. And the senior citizen home in Atlanta is under attack, too, from the virus. There are people wow. dying there. So wow. my advice is uh, if you do have a, a, a relative in senior living uh if you can get them out, you know, where they can be taken care of, I would advise you to do that. But the virus spreading and uh, 
they can't them, they can't do nothing for themselves, you know, if they get the virus because they by themselves. It's senior living, so it's, it's right. real complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And a lot of those seniors uh, already. And a lot what, of what you say? already have a complicated. A lot of those. Yeah, they all have medical conditions. Now the thing about me, I don't have any any pre-existing medical condition. I don't have any. I'm not on any medication. I don't have no pre-existing medication because I've been eating. I've been eating good all my life, you know. I uh, I stay away from pork and all that kind of stuff. So I noticed that the biggest thing here in Louisiana, people love to eat pork. A lot of pork. A lot of shellfish, you know. And uh, right. they uh, when when the panic was on and I went in the uh, the grocery store the, with the long line, all the people this was before they had them where the mass and separation. Their basket was loaded down with pork and stuff, all the stuff that caused high <laughs> blood pressure and medical condition. And and I'm I was just I just had to shake my head. I said, Well the the virus ain't gonna kill you, the food gonna kill you. You know, and uh, exactly. we need exactly. to stop. We need to stop as you don't need medical professionals professional to tell us how to eat. We need to stop those old bad traditions that we've been Carrying along with us for uh, since the uh, slave plantation, you know, eating chitlins and stuff like that. We need to stop those bad habits. That food is not good for us. In some kind of way, we don't get the message, and we're the first ones to die from this, you know, because we eat bad, and we don't have to eat bad. We eat tradition, and, tra- and tradition, soul food ain't nothing but bad food for us, and we need to cut it out. We need to change our diet, and we need to start eating healthier, and we wouldn't have this problem we have. Now, at my age, let's say in a couple of more months, I'll be 70 years old. I got the virus. I'm pulling through it okay, but I know for a fact that any other person at my age in bad condition, would never pull out of this thing because there, there was times that I thought I was going to just die right here in the house by myself because I was gasping for breath, you know, and this thing will take the breath right out of you, you know, but I was able to pull through it, you know, and right now I'm doing good, you know. I'm doing very well. So you, so said, I, so you it, said your first time, Otis, was, your first time was a fever, correct? Yes. The fever and, and, and the the fever. Then I got a uh, 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 my body started aching. You know, if you ever had the flu before, that's how it felt like the flu. But it was weird because it wasn't flu. It was a weird feeling that it was something that I never had before, and my body can tell I never had whatever it was before. And this was before I was even diagnosed with the virus. Yeah, and I had to go, I knew I had to go to the hospital and try to get some help because what was coming at me, it was coming fast and hard. And uh, I used to wake up and my whole T-shirt be ringing wet like I just pulled it out of the washer, you know, and, and, and uh, it was wow. real bad. Yeah. And uh, my body was fighting whatever it was, you know, but when I found, I knew it was the uh, the, uh, the virus, but I had to get proof that it was the virus. People looking at me like, how you know you got the virus, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I already know I got the virus, you know. I need to know what to do about it. 
And when they diagnosed it, then uh, I had to uh, stay in, you know. And I had to get food and stuff. But I didn't come here to stay. I was planning on returning back, turning around and going back to Atlanta. So I wasn't planning to stay here. I didn't even bring enough clothing. I didn't have no food because when I got in the house here, I had to get food because my brother, uh, all, all the food went bad. He you know, everything in the house was bad. I had to throw out the pool. I had to throw out the matches and then the box spring. I had to throw all that stuff out on the street, you know. And then I ended up having to stay in here sick all by myself. Okay. Now, one of the things that people say, is, like you said, the fever, the aches, the tightness of the chest, dizziness, weakness. Did you feel the dizziness and weakness, too, and tightness of the chest? Yeah. I felt I, I I didn't feel the tightness of the chest, but I felt the dizziness and weakness because uh, now I'm an active person. I like to move around a lot, and uh, I was working at my sister's house, and uh, I got sick, and that's when I went back to the hospital because at that time they were saying you uh you got to get your doctor's approval, you know, before we can run a test, you know. And I didn't, you know, I couldn't get that done at the time. But, yeah, it was, people have different reaction to the virus. My my fever and all that didn't last for three days. The, the sweat, the fever, it lasted only three days. The thing that remained with me up until this time is it's like a, a deep burning sensation in the back of my throat. And then you have problem breathing. breathing. You know, because uh, it cuts off your uh, oxygen, and you you you're gasping for air, and that's the problem I done had ever since I. Had, but the rest of the symptoms disappeared. Now, uh, um, what were some of the things that you take? Now you're alone by yourself down in Louisiana. You have family, but everybody's isolating themselves from each other. What were some of the yeah. things you picked up at the store? What did you pick up at the store and start feeding your body to try to get better? Well, I started with the uh, ginger root. I got the the ginger root, the echinacea, and uh, uh, lemons is a big help. I bought lots of mm-hmm. lemon, and uh, I bought uh, oranges. Mostly, I started getting the berries, the, the blueberries, the uh, strawberries. You know, eating natural, the bananas. You know, mm-hmm. not not mm-hmm. no whole lot of meat and you know food like that. Just basically just a lot of vegetables. You know, and uh, started started eating and uh, that that helps. So I'm doing good. I must say I'm doing very well. But I had you, I had heard that. I'm gonna tell you one thing that yeah I'm gonna tell you one thing to keep in mind about this virus and especially for the uh, keeping your listening audience it attacks everybody in a different way. Correct, correct. Mm -hmm. So I had to I had to just about meditate on what personally should I do you know to fight this virus and then your body Mm -hmm. gonna tell you what to do if you listen. If you don't listen to your body, you're going to die. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. If you don't listen yeah. to what your body telling you to do, you're going to die. 
because everybody was calling me, take this, take that, drink this, drink that. And then I was doing all of these things people were telling me to do. And my mind said, look, stop. You're getting confused. You got too many people coming at you playing doctors and nurses. You know, you need to sit and let your body tell you exactly what it needs, you know, to fight this thing off. And that's what I had to do because the virus uh, react on different people different. Now, my niece and her husband, they didn't have any problem. They were at the house, you know, she worked from the house, and uh, he had to leave his job, but she worked from the house. So they lived in the house all that time, and they recovered from the virus, but they never had any problem. He only had a cough, that's all, just a cough. She didn't have a cough or nothing, but she had the virus. So this is how tricky the virus is. You got people right now thinking that, you know, they don't have any signs of the virus, but they're carrying it. Right. So that shows you that this thing here is a monster because it's very unpredictable and you don't know who got it. Now I've been in the I've been in the I've been in the store or in the supermarket among all these people with the virus. So just think about this. If I'm in the store with the virus and they don't know I got the virus, and then the other people in the store that could have the virus, that's how dangerous this thing can be. Because you got people in the in in the supermarket and in stores and places with the virus and don't even know they got the virus. And that makes you know so, that it's airborne. That it's airborne, and because not all of us went to China, you know, we we ain't been to China yeah. and all these other places like that. Well, so in the in the first story, yeah, in the first story they come out with, uh, out in uh, California, they found that the NBA was transmitting the virus. I don't know if you remember that or not. I don't remember was, that one. I don't remember that. Yeah. The NBA had the money to test all of their players. This is the truth. This is what happened. One of the NBA tested positive. They traded him from autographing the, the, you know, a little boy, giving him autograph. Other people that he came in contact with also came up positive for the virus. So when they found out the NBA was transmitting the virus, they shut the whole thing down. They, they shut all the sports out in the United States. And then when they started tracing, mm-hmm. they started finding out how, how that virus was, was uh, spreading. They shut the whole country down. And they had to because they didn't know how, how fast or how far the virus had went. So they had to shut everything down, you know. To, to, to control the virus, but it's it's spreading, but it's not spreading like it would have been had they not shut everything down. Had they not shut this country down, there would be a lot of dead people. Uh, it would be like the uh, Spanish flu back in the day. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. They, they had to shut it down. Now the thing that uh, I'm concerned with, and, and what a lot of people should be concerned with, if you hadn't been tested. You should get tested for everybody that's listening to me. You should be tested because you don't know if you got the virus. You could probably have it and go on for months and, and, and nothing ever happened. But you you might spread it to some senior citizen or somebody sick and, and kill them. Yeah. 
But That's the true, problem, man. the fight between the medical world and, 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 and the politician is they want to make sure everybody tests it before they open the country back up. And that's a smart move because you don't want to open the country up and then the virus get spread faster than it did the first time. You want, you want to make sure you got the people in place to handle the virus if it breaks out again the way it did the first time. And everybody needs to be tested, and they don't have enough test kits to go around. Even though uh, Trump get on TV saying everybody can get the test if they want, that's not true. Because every city got its own problem. Every city got its own uh, different circumstance, you know. Now, did you have to pay for that test to be done through your insurance, or was it done through? Yeah, your insurance got to pay for it, yeah. If you got insurance, you know. People don't have insurance, can they get it free? I don't know, but what I'm saying is they shouldn't, it, nobody in this country should have to pay to be tested for the virus. It should be just automatically, you know. That way they can get a handle on, determine where the population is infected the most and, and deal with it. But, if, but yeah, you've got to have insurance to be tested, you know. Wow, wow. Yeah. Now, um you said you did the ginger and the ginger root and lemon. Were you drinking this warm or just squeezing it? Um, Get everything warm. I, I put everything in my body hot as I can take it because that's that. Let me tell you what I I I, I drink a a Dr Pepper out of the refrigerator one night and almost died. Mm-hmm. You know, so I know sodas carry a lot of sugar, and I don't. I try not to deal with soda, but uh, don't drink sodas. Don't drink sugar. Stay away from uh, sugar sugar drinks, and uh, don't drink cold drink liquid. Don't drink them. They're not. They're, what they're gonna do is gonna make that congestion even worse. So stay and away that's from. Uh, but that, that's it. That's a lot of. Stay music. away from cold music. drinks. Period. Cold water, cold drinks. Stay away from them. Don't don't even think about drinking it. And just throw as much liquid down your body as you can as you can. Now, the thing that kept me breathing, I don't know if I can say that over the air. But okay. the thing that yeah, the thing that saved my life the most is the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> you said some whiskey? <laughs> yeah. I it kept me open. It. it kept me open where I could where I could breathe. That's the thing that helped me the most. Now it may be different for other people, but you know that's what did it. Wait, now when I when you drink, oh, what kind of uh, whiskey were you drinking? You can drink Jack Daniel, anything, any kind of whiskey, brandy, <laughs> anything that'll keep you open. You know, but keep you, know, you keep you where you can brandy breathe. Toddy. People used to yeah. drink hot brandy toddies when they were sick it, and feeling bad back in the old days. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can do that now. I would advise people to to, to get some brandy and have it at the house as as part of your uh, treatment. Have it there because. And you know, and, and you know what you said that you have to stop listening to other people calling in, telling you what to do, and listen to your body. And I listened right. to um, 
a documentary coming out of China or somewhere, it was coming out of China somewhere, talking about that the Chinese doctors, and they did an autopsy on the people who had the coronavirus. And what they realized mm-hmm. that this coronavirus built up so much mucus in the throat that it blocks mm-hmm. any medication and breathing from right. getting through. Yep. And usually they say it starts with a sore throat. And that yep, that's it. hot food, hot liquids, making sure you're breaking up that mucus, you know, eating food. So if you're going through this crisis at this time, you need to stay away from up mucus, which would be the meat right. and the dairies. And like you said, my and, daughter and I, Martina, and, were in Costco, and we're looking at the shelves, and all the processed food were gone, and all the real food that will help fight your, build up your immune system and help Get on you the stay shelf. healthy was left. Hello. Yep. Yes. That's it. That's what they do. Now, I got garlic in the house, and I chew yeah. on it like I'm chewing candy. The garlic clove, it may mm-hmm. burn your mouth or whatever, but... You got to decide whether you want to live or die. That's all I can say. And, and you know, my what, whatever going to keep you alive, do it. Now, if you want to die, then don't, don't do nothing. And food was designed to be our medicine. Food was designed yeah. to be our medicine. And many of my listening audience, I have shared with you the power of fermented garlic and honey. Taking that garlic yep. and getting you some organic garlic and putting it in a jar, you can put leave it. I in the eat raw garlic now I, every day and and all during the day because that garlic opened me up too. Now I, I, I the sometimes the brandy might uh, mess with you a little bit, but the, I use that at night. <laughs> but in the daytime, yeah, I, I try to get my uh, groove on, you know. So. And, you know, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. Think this, I think what you're sharing oh, yeah. is good information. I think what you're sharing is good information. That's why I asked you to come on because you have people out there that don't have a job, don't have health insurance, don't know what to do. They're afraid. And I want us them to know, it. okay, let me have this option. Let me try this. And then one thing I think, too, is staying hydrated. They're talking about, you know, doing a little salt in your water. And anybody listening to my show will always hear me talk about the pink Himalaya sea salt that has some minerals. Drinking yeah. warm water, drinking warm water with the lemon in it or that kind of stuff. So, we you know, we want to share with our listening audience things that they can use that's right there in your kitchen, very easily accessible. And, you know, if you're going to buy garlic to cook with, you're going to buy lemons at home. You know, these are things that we use in our home for preparing meals. So we're going to come right back and finish sharing some more about Otis' journey with the coronavirus and how he, he won. So we'll be back. We'll be right back. Just remind everyone, you're listening to the DR Network. I am your host, Marsha Thaddison, and we'll be right back. Yes, it's gonna take a miracle. 
your health, and I have my cousin Otis on. And tonight we're kind of sharing with our listening audience the journey that Otis taking um, to kind of win this battle with the coronavirus. Now, um, Otis, what I want to do is cover some of the little natural things that you prepared at home and then some of the other ones I have heard about. I had Dr. Lester L. Carter on a couple of weeks ago talking about the coronavirus, and he was saying that um, he mentioned elderberries, um, elderberry, which is an anti-inflammatory antiviral, um, vitamin C. You mentioned ginger, lemon. Um, I truly yeah. believe many people need to be trying to take vitamin D supplement because we're inside now. People are spending more and more time inside, so we're missing the yeah, sun. Yeah, but you need to come uh, outside, too. They need to, yeah. wherever yeah. the sun, whenever the sun come out and it's real sunny and bright, go out there yeah. and expose yourself to the sun because that's a, yeah. that's a very important part of healing because I was uh, watching the news last night, and they were talking about the uh, the, the uh, Spanish flu, and they found mm-hmm. that their patient re- was recovering better when they took them out out into the sunlight and uh, you know just let them stay out there. So uh, make sure you get don't stay in the house all the time. Make sure you get some sunshine. Exactly, exactly. And now we get for depression. Because if vitamin D, you know, bring on depression and other health issues and that you don't realize affects your mind as well as your body. You know, cod liver oil is a great way to get your vitamin D, your omega-3s in, fermented foods, which we talked about on the show, uh, elderberry, I just mentioned, lemon, water. How many people don't drink water? Oh, my goodness. I heard so many people say, I don't like water. How do you not like water? water well, you know what I do my water every morning? I take mm-hmm. I take the bottle of water and squeeze the whole lemon in it, and then I drink it, and that's every morning, mm-hmm. and that that that's good too. Mm-hmm. So it is. The, the, the lemon water. It alkalines that yeah. water for you. Mhm. Okay. So drink the lemon so, water if you don't like water. And then you got apple cider vinegar. Many people putting that in their water. I'm always encouraging people to put one or two teaspoons of the pink Himalaya sea salt into a gallon of water and drink half your weight in water in ounces because that allows the minerals. Our body needs 102 minerals per day. And the the Himalaya sea salt has 84 minerals. So this way it's helping your body to be mineralized because our water is, mineral is not in our water because our water is not running through the banks and the rivers and creeks. And our food been depleted of minerals. So that's the way your body can have the minerals and do its job. Um, and so you got your, were you on any uh, probiotics? No. No, I wasn't. Okay. And, you know, and I guess you are because garlic is actually like a, a probiotic or a, you know, yeah. and antibacterial type of thing. So when I, I left Atlanta, I, I had all that stuff. In, in in Atlanta for an uh, occasion like this, because I was reading or uh, <laughs> looking at the virus before I got here. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm going to make a quick turnaround, you know, and, and, and yeah. come right on back to Atlanta. But it didn't happen that mm-hmm. way, so I got stuck here. Right. Now I got to get all this stuff here 
that I had in Atlanta, you know, to make myself comfortable here. Right, right, and, right. Uh, yeah. I want to tell you I talked to our cousin, uh, Tammy, uh, the other day when I finished talking to you. And I'm going to go up there and look at the land, you know, and, and, and see what's, what's needed to be done before before I leave here, if I can leave here. But I would uh, tell your audience they need to look at Plan B in case uh, this country don't get back on its feet. They need to think about moving to uh, farmland somewhere. If their relative got land in the country or something like that, they need to think about moving. Because if the city collapses, you know... And the food supply is gonna dry up. We don't know where we're going as a as a country right now, but we you know you're gonna to have to survive, you know. And I would tell okay. anybody if you if your relative got land in the country or something like that, you need to think about moving, you know. And we've had this conversation with many of my guests because I have several farmers that's been on the on the show to educate us about, because African-Americans used to take up back in the early 50s and the 40s. We took up, we owned a lot of land. We no longer own right. a lot of that land any longer. Then I truly believe the USDA has something to do with that, but that's my personal opinion on that. But I truly believe that, you know, there is a, quite a few families that own land in Mississippi, Alabama, and many of the southern states that they have done nothing with the land, the land's laying dormant. And we see that Tyson and some of the other chicken places and other meatpacking places, they're shutting down because of the coronavirus. So there is yeah. going to be an interruption in the food supply. There is an interruption with the farmers because even in the farmer's market here in Georgia, because of the coronavirus, people aren't going to the table. The, the farmer's markets usually have their tablecloths and things. They can't have a tablecloth on the table. They have to keep wiping it down, and you have to pre-order the farmer you want, and he'll have it bagged up, and then you pay online or use a debit card. And so now mm-hmm. that's kind of cutting into a lot of the farmers' um, supply of getting the food um, to the people. And you see in Wisconsin and other dairy states, they're dumping the milk because they can't sell the milk. Some of the farmers yeah. are burying their um, onions and other stuff like that. So, and another thing I really want people to think about is owning some seeds, purchasing heirloom seeds. Seeds that means if you buy organic fruits and vegetables, take those seeds from that fruits and vegetable if you're not going to eat it or blend it up into your food or juice it and dry it out and save those seeds so you can have a harvest. We got to go back to being self-sufficient, and I think we—I'm a baby boomer. I know you, baby boomer. We have not done any justice with our children because our children don't know how to grow their own food. Some of these, and my grandchildren, great-grandchildren, some of these kids—they don't even know where food comes from. They think it comes from the grocery store, and they use the packaged food. They don't eat vegetables, and truly, that weakens your immune system. So you want to be able to put things in your body so you can fight this battle and win. And the food that we're feeding our kids through drive throughs and canned foods and processed food with high sugar is not the way to win this battle, to be successful with your health. So we want to encourage you that you can win. And it don't have to be an expensive win because that hospital say, 
it's low. Now, it seems like people that have the coronavirus is between seven days or 14 days. How many days total did, did, from the beginning to end to where you think um, it started and where it ended? How many yeah, days do you think it was? I don't know? even know how long I had the virus before they diagnosed it. Um, mm-hmm. But they told me it takes 14 days to get it out of your system. When I went back the last time, she told me it takes 28 days just to get rid of the symptoms. So I don't know. So when I find out about when, when if I turn up positive on the next uh, swab, then I know mm-hmm. it's over a month. <laughs> so with this virus, you had. Now, yeah, when you went and got the flu, when you went, they tested you for the flu, but you didn't have the flu, right? No, I didn't have the flu. Actually, I had the virus then. So okay. starting from the time they, they said I was positive, that's when I started counting the 14 days. They say okay. stay away from everybody for 14 days. But I already know I had it before the 14 days. So... Mm-hmm. I went and got tested again. Now, if they come back positive, then it's going to be a whole new ball game. Like, when is it? How long can this thing stay in your system? You know. Now, I'm supposed, now, what are you I'm supposed to. It's supposed to be negative, but like I said, I'll know around Tuesday or Wednesday when, when the results come back. Now, if I have this virus again, then I'm going to have to rethink what, I, what I'm doing. But I know I'm not in the bed, and I know I'm not dying, you know, and I, I know all of this. But I'm I'm uh, at a point in my life, I, I'm just going to, uh, me and the virus going to have to make a deal. You don't kill me, I won't <laughs> kill you. <laughs> I heard that. Now, what yeah. are the symptoms that you feel now? Are you, what, do you have any lingering uh, cough or Sweating. What do you have lingering now at this point? I don't have nothing except my throat, the back of my throat, and then the uh, congestion at the bottom, like at the the very base of my ribs, you know, and when and, and uh, the uh, all the fluid builds up, and then then I can uh, cough it up. I'm coughing it up, so that's a good thing. I can cough that stuff up and spit it out, so that's good. But I'm not having any real serious serious issues right now, you know. And this thing usually starts up about five in the evening, you know. It starts about five in the evening, and it goes to about maybe ten o'clock at night, and then it disappears. And that's every day. Now I can wake up in the I can wake up every morning and like I I ain't, I, ain't, I don't feel nothing. I had no problem. But usually around five, it come around like clockwise, you know. So that's really? what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And now it may be different with somebody else, but this is what I experienced. You so know, did you have and to it's going to last. Sleeping? Did you find sleeping? yourself sleeping up because of sleeping up with a high pillows where you couldn't lay down all the way to yeah. the mucus? Yeah, yeah. I changed my sleeping habit, too, so. I, I used to get up in the morning like normal. Now I lay in bed until they tell me, okay, you can get up. And the day I got up around 11.30 or 12 o'clock, you know, giving, giving my body a chance to rest because, like, tonight, 
like I said, start at five o'clock. It's like I'm I'm fighting it for these five from five to ten. I'm fighting the virus, you know. And then when I by the time I get to sleep at night, then I can uh, I sleep late instead of getting up early. I sleep sleep late and make sure I get enough rest. So my sleeping habit has changed. Have you, what about soaking in the tub, sweating, so you can get some of the toxin out of there? Have you tried that? No, I shower, yeah. I shower. I don't, I don't soak it, soak it. Now, when I was in Atlanta, I, I, I used to take soap bath in the tub and then get out and t- mm-hmm. take a shower. I bathe and shower, but I don't bathe, I don't bathe and shower here. Okay. Yeah. okay. I, I don't feel, okay. The, I don't feel that comfortable here, you know, you know. You know, taking gotcha. a bath gotcha. is like doing, you know, taking a bath in other people's house, in a stranger's house. You know, I don't. Right. Now, oh, you don't smoke, do you? Do you smoke? No, I don't Are smoke. Are you a smoker? Okay. Because I heard no, I that, that was a big problem for people who smoke. That's what they ask. Um, yeah, they're going to ask you that. I, I I stopped smoking when I got out of high school. That was back in the seventies. So you know how it is when you want to be grown and look like everybody <laughs> else. You start you start smoking. So I had to get rid of that that habit quick because I was wheezing at night and the, the guy asked me what kind of cigarette you smoke. I said I smoke cool menthols. He said that was killing. You say because I used to wake up spitting out blood every morning. He said those things are irritating the lining of your and I said, yeah, you about right. So I had a hard time trying to break the habit, but I got rid of the habit. Hadn't went back that to it Now, I, I've seen now uh, one thing people are saying, please, is to, to be able to fight this. You do have to, first of all, have a good diet, which you're talking about, having a good diet, being restful and being able to get some sleep. And so you allowing your body to stay restful. You say, I'm not moving until I feel like moving or my body tells me. Right. Because if you got a job, you got to get out there regardless. And these jobs are killing people. Because whether you, people go to work sick because they got to pay the bills, you know. If you, if you remove, if you remove the B from the word bill, what you get? Bill. <laughs> That's right. Oh. See, I'm what a lot of people don't know about me. I'm into uh, I'm into word, words and things and how they affect how they affect the human uh, human body. And uh, if you separate the, the the word bill and separate the B, you got B ill. And that's why they name it that way. We we're not just dealing with a uh, a uh, 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 virus. We dealing with a, a society that lives on 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 people suffering, death, and uh, and this is what it feeds on. Because when you look at the word corporation, you look the first word in corporation is corpse. You know, and uh, <laughs> they 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 consider us spiritually dead. Yeah, they consider us spiritually dead people, and you know. That's why they they teach us all this stuff to to feed on these these people that run this world are psychopaths, vampires. They feeding on our energy. It, it takes oh, our energy to build for them, and they and they and they feed on us. So 
when you talk about the, uh, especially the English language, you know, the English language is the language of the devil. You know, and I try to break that down with people, you know, that when you got, that's why they call it spelling, because you under their spell. And, and I be trying to tell people that, and they and they look at me like, you crazy. Yes, I am crazy. Y'all crazy for believing in these people, you know. But that's the problem we got. We not only got to come from under the spell of these people, but we have to go back to natural living the way we was living before they enslaved us, before we became slaves. See, our people still eating slave food, the hog guts, you know, the black eyed peas, and, you know. You know and it's hard to. Well, let me. I understand what you're saying about the food, and I truly believe that. And but one thing I know is that. I remember when our grandfather came to Milwaukee, it was in the 70s, right after Nan had passed away. Nan had passed away in 73. He came to visit, and he came to Wisconsin. He had some smoked ham hock with him, smoked uh, salt pork. And Grandpa was slicing that was very thin and was getting ready to fry some, um, make some bacon with it. And I'm going to keep it with my mom and him. And he said, to, my mom said to him, Daddy, you don't need to be eating that. Now, Daddy was in his yeah. 90s when he came to visit us. So I, he turned to Mama and said, he said, look, he called her Ma. Look, Ma, I know who's taking care of my meat. You don't know who's taking care of your meat. I have no problem with my meat. You got a problem mm-hmm. with your meat because you don't know who owns it. And I thought about that. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking at it. She couldn't say nothing. She just walked out the kitchen because... My grandmother on my dad's side was to be 105, but they pretty much lived yeah. off the farm and could doing their own food. And when people see you, you got these big old huge slaughterhouses and um, containment things that they got these animals in buildings walking around in their own feces in mud. They're not outside in the sun, you know, eating grass. I'm not vegetarian. I'm not vegan. But what I tell people, what I'm encouraging people is that that's why I have different guests come on my show to introduce people what journey they're taking. So people may say, oh, I'm vegetarian. Let me do it this way. Or I'm vegan. I want to take this journey. No, I'm not that way. But how do I eat? What kind of food do I eat? Grass-fed, chickens that's in the sun, outside, eating what it was designed to eat. Nothing that's being injected, you know, with some hormones or antibiotics and things like that. So my journey is with yesterday's kitchen for today and for your health is to bring people to the table to learn what our ancestors had to learn. And, you know, yes, it was kind of a slave food because we was handed something that was not traditionally done for us in Africa. You know, we ate from the land. We ate from what we um do our own food, and there wasn't no bargaining and stuff like that. But to me, to be able to take something someone gave you as on uh, and to survive off of, that shows you how strong and smart and incentive we be as smart people that took this and made a delicacy that even they're eating to this day. Okay, everybody's eating because Mama said when she moved to Wisconsin in the fifties. There used to be a slaughterhouse, and they used to give away the necks and the gizzards and the, uh, all that stuff. They used to give it away. Now, 
it's the most expensive thing. The, the chitlins and all this other stuff is the most expensive stuff. But our yeah. animals and our food is not being treated like it was when they did their own animals. They weren't injecting their animals and putting all that junk in it, genetically modified foods. You got plants. And stuff. Yeah. Like, and you got to you got to look at the, the you got to look at the where the, the the coronavirus started over there in uh, China. No people eat bats, rats, anything that creeps and, and crawls, they eat it. And you know that, huh? I heard about, and yeah, well, I knew that, and I heard about that, but then I'm looking further into this investigation. I'm looking at other studies and other reports where they indicate it came from a lab, that they took the gene of the bat from a lab and did it and yep. got it out there sometimes. And so, and he did, well, and, and in these other poor countries, yeah. So I don't Well, Dr. Phoebe, Dr. Phoebe, yeah, he he said that viruses are man-made, you know. Correct. And uh, I believe that. He said that all diseases come from mucus, you know. Correct. And if you cure mucus, you cure the diseases, you know. Uh, unfortunately, they, uh, they found some way to to kill him and get him off the scene, you know. But yes. Yeah. So uh, we we looking at science. You know, have to figure out a way to, to solve the problem. Then who said the problem needed to be solved? You know, it depends on how you look at it. You know. And it looks I like guess. it's it's almost like it's it's um it's a population control. It's taking out our weak weakest population and our elderly the most. Yep, and that's the plan of of anybody who's scheming to, to reduce the population in in humanity. That would be the the whole purpose of the virus is to take out the, the, the people that no longer need it are necessary, and that's exactly and what's going on. Um, I this past summer I was in Wisconsin and a friend of mine invited me to their women's retreat, and she's Catholic and it was really nice, uh, beautiful place on the lake. And the Catholic nuns had a whole bunch of books they didn't no longer want. You know how you go to the library and they have free books for the taking. And there was one that I grabbed about uh, controlling the poor, controlling the poor population, something like that. And they call it in the book, useless eaters, useless eaters, and that they use certain programs of the government to eliminate useless eaters. And I said, useless eaters. And mm-hmm. these are people that cannot contribute to society, put money back into society or Social Security or um, being able to be taxed, but they're just there eating. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, is that sad to say? But, you know, mm-hmm. these people already have placed their money and worked hard and contribute to society. So it's our job for, our, for us to look out for them and take care of them because guess what? We're going to be in that situation where we're going to need someone need someone to look after the next generation. So I truly believe it's our job, um, moms, children, to learn how to care for each other and care for each each, our family members. Um, So, yeah. And mucus is the big culprit in this because if you see the people, they're having a difficulty breathing. They can't breathe. But from the autopsy that they got from China, is that you can clear that mucus up and get that medicine through the people then 
um, they will survive. And so you is can go any, Can it, do anybody in uh, your your radio audience need to uh, ask, ask me a question? You know, I don't have a caller online, but let me let me check and see. But we will um, actually going to take a break and come right back. But I don't have any callers on the listening thing at this point. But um, okay. and a lot of times our listening audience will not be on the ask question, but they're listening audibly. They're not. Mm-hmm. The oh, okay. This is the internet. It goes throughout the world. And then one thing about this station is that you can it's always posted out there, so we constantly having people come back and listen to the show every week because we get a number of how many people go back and listen to the show every week. So, oh, yeah. Um, and I want this information to be here, and I want them to hear your story, to give people options, and then take away the fear. Because you said it was very frightful, it was very fearful to have to go through that breathing situation late at night. And then you know you were alone, too, correct? Yeah. yeah. But uh, I would advise anybody to get the fear out of you because that's not going to keep you alive. It only just Ooh. makes you uh, question, you know, yeah. uh, the way, a way to handle the virus. But uh, me, I don't mind dying. Dying is, 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 is the only thing that bugs me about it, dying is I don't want to suffer. I could I could die in my sleep and it wouldn't bother with me. Dying, I don't care. I don't want to suffer, you know. And, and well, if I, you got I know with people die, I just want to make sure they're going in the right. I truly believe there is you, your body, this body will leave, your spirit will leave and go to another place. And that place I would right. rather be heavenly place, not the other place. So I just want everybody's yeah. heart and mind together in love. And yeah, I got that belief mind. too. So yeah. I yeah. feel the same way on that. Yes, 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 yes. But yes. I, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't, I've seen too many people suffer and die, and, and it's really yeah. not necessary, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't mind dying. In fact, I don't I see much to, to, to hang around in this world for you anyway, the way things are going. Oh, no. See, you, yes, it is. You, you make an impact. Just your, your journey along with this coronavirus, you're here to give a testimony because that coronavirus probably could have taken you out. But God had you here to share your story, your, your venture to help somebody else. Believe it or not, you may not recognize that now, and you may not never know who that person may ever be. But we do make well, an impact true. with each other. We do make yeah, an impact with somebody. And see, and your story alone, like I said, somebody may not have a job, may don't know what to do or what to do or how to go about doing anything, or I don't have money to go to a clinic, you know, because they're gonna they're gonna want money up front if you ain't got no insurance. So. One thing they talked about, uh, what I've read, is that when you start getting that sore throat and feeling that in the back of your throat, you attack that. That's immediately. it. And I suggest yep, get that's off it, that, that was, food that that's what I had. Yep. They, they say it's in your throat, like a sore throat, and it's hanging there. Start mm-hmm. cut your food supply, or what you're eating, you know, bone broth, you know, something warm, uh, the vitamin yep. C, the garlic. 
you know, increase the garlic in your life or um, probiotics. You can buy probiotics in the grocery store if you, you know, um, have the money. Or the vitamin C, you know, doing vitamin C, the elderberry. You know, there's so much stuff in the lemon. You talked about the lemon, ginger, you know, chicken broth soup, you know, doing yep. something warm. And like you said, getting outside, getting in the sun, um, come on, and then doing your water. And then, you know, you can't keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. Right. You got that right. All right, we're going to take a we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back on the D-Hour Network. I'm your host, Marcia Patterson, and we'll be right back.
right, we're back on the D-Hour Network, and I'm truly, truly grateful for having my cousin taking out the time on Sunday evening to kind of share with us his journey regarding this coronavirus. But, you know, Otis, I was looking at this list I have here. Um, you were, you know, and I know you, you, you do your homework about um, your food and stuff like that. What can I eat on an anti-mucus diet? And you mentioned the first thing you mentioned was berries, the blueberries, strawberries, and stuff like that, which is um, that may reduce mucus in your body. And citrus fruit, cantaloupe, kiwi, tomato, leafy greens, bell pepper, yeah. broccoli, squash, those type of things. Um, people want to be able to know other food. And here's another one you mentioned, the garlic, celery, pickles, um, lemons. Parsley, all these foods can be included as an anti-mucus diet. Right. You know, celery right now, what's really popular is people juicing celery and talking about the health benefits. So celery, um, it can be very inexpensive to purchase a stalk of celery and juicing those, and that is very powerful. The lemon's Mm -hmm. inexpensive, the garlic's inexpensive, all of this showing us that what my company tagline is putting the power of good health back into the hands of the people. And that's what we want to be able to do with this knowledge and information. Because once you get this in your hands and you make some changes on your life and the life of your family member, you'd be amazed how your body's going to change and react to that. Because I think the saddest thing for me to do is see people who family member have cancer, whatever, and you're still fixing the same meals. That cost them to have over and over, yeah. And they keep feeding this food because you got certain food like sugar and other things that help cancer to grow. So when you mm-hmm. break, if you broke your leg, you cannot just get up and walk. You have to allow that leg to be set to allow it to heal, wrapped up. So there's certain things we cannot be eating when our body's in a crisis. So when yeah, you if, start if, looking at go ahead. If you uh, do some study on on sugar, the the World Health Food, uh, the World Health that decided that sugar is actually bad for the body, you know. Mm-hmm. And you do a history, you find out they had walls behind sugar, you know. And and sugar what? is just like a cocaine or heroin, really. But it's mm-hmm. so plentiful today that most people overlook it as an addictive uh, drug, but yeah, sugar is really not good for you at all, and uh, but it's one of the biggest selling. You know, uh, uh, our people were slaves on sugarcane plantation. I know I don't have to tell Correct. you that. Yeah, our Correct. grandmother and grandfather house sit right in the middle of a sugarcane field. Mm-hmm. You know, so we mm-hmm. slaved our people slaved for hundreds of years on sugarcane plantation that you know, that made this country what it is. Some people was cotton, some people was tobacco, you know, but whatever. They the same companies that that enslaved us on them plantations are enslaving us in food, tobacco and alcohol and other things. This, these are the same people that own the plantation now on a different level, you know. And we have to think about, you know, uh, our health and, and, and pull away from these things because the reason why they put the word cane on, on, on the end of the of the word sugar, because it is a cane. 
you know, it comes from a pain, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and the, the, a lot of words where they take the word Cain and put on it is because uh, they go back to the biblical sense that Cain killed Abel. So sugar cane kills your ability, your uh, able, your ability, <laughs> you know. And I have to I have to let people know that I say the thing you idolizing it, it, it's the very things that you got to that you that that killing you, you know. So sugar cane do kill your able. And now we have fifty two different types of processed sugar that was never on the market before. That's genetic, you know, fructose, corn syrup, and a lot of those other sugars. And one yeah. of my workshops on food and behavior. And Dr. Barbara Reed Setter was a lady that's written a book on food and behavior. She was a probation officer, and she recognized back in the early 80s because she had an attitude. She would, uh, just couldn't focus. And when she changed her diet and took sugar off her diet, her attitude mm-hmm. changed her, her, and started getting the vitamin E's and the vitamin omega-3's in her body academically, and she was more clear. She can focus. And when she took this into the correctional center where she was a probation officer and she took half the people who was on probation with her and they followed a good, clean diet, they did not get in trouble with the law. Academically, they started scoring. And they found this out in schools and in young juvenile correctional centers. If they've taken kids off of sugar, sugar is yeah. a criminal mindset. Yeah, it really yeah. affects your thinking. It, it affects the frontal lobe of your brain, which affects your judgment, your mood, your attitude, everything. And it's worse than crack cocaine. It is. It is. And so, and then, you know, last couple of weeks I had um, uh, Jane, uh, had, uh, Jane on my show, Jane Holmes, and we talked about um, the emotional side of people being stuck in the house with their family members, and it's not like you can easily go away, you know. Because people have ADHD, bipolar, schizophrenic, alcoholism, <clears throat> anger issues. So now domestic violence is up, and suicide is up because people are emotions. Because first of all, what they're feeding themselves. Two, you know, they in working with fear of this coronavirus and being afraid to be near each other or touching people. So we have to, like you said, take that fear off the table and then learn what to put on the table. And we just give yeah. you some great examples as to what food and how to start off because this can't kill you. I mean, eating um, garlic, and uh, it, it doesn't come with a warning sign. It doesn't tell you you have to take it like a, a medicine or how many. But, you know, each body is different. And like you said before, Otis, you understood your body and what your body needed. Mm-hmm. So, so you've been on this week for two weeks now, this two-week journey with your coronavirus issue? Yeah. So I, I, about I, 14 days. Yeah, fourteen days is what they give you to, to to be rechecked and see if the virus has left your body. They said it lasts about fourteen days in the body, but that's not a guarantee because they're learning more and more about the virus. So it's it's mm-hmm. no guarantee that you know the now what what will happen once the tests come back that would prove to me whether they're right or not. You know, but if the tests come back positive. 
and I still got the virus, that means that the virus is lasting longer than 14 days that they have predicted, you know. Now, would you have to take an x-ray for them and look at your lungs because that virus acts like, now, it's, okay, it's not like the, pneumonia. The, the hospital took x-rays. The hospital took x-rays okay. when they, when they, when they uh, tested me for the flu. They they uh-huh. took blood blood and X ray and all that all that come back clear. That what what I'm telling you is I I don't have that kind of build up because I'm steady coughing this stuff out of me and, uh, and you know and I'm in a steady fighting. Those seniors that are weak you know fragile they can't move around mm-hmm. they can't cough you know like like a strong person can or a young person can. That stuff builds oh. up inside of them, yeah, yeah. So they're not they're not oh. getting it. So when they when they put them on a respirator, they have to give them oxygen because they can't they can't get oxygen on their own, you know. So that's the, that's the reason for that. They can't breathe on their own, so they have to give them oxygen to keep them alive, you know, and mm. pump that stuff out of them. So it's it's a it's a medical thing, you know, where it's, they have to uh, put them in the hospital and hook them up to the tubes and all that. And no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm not. I'm not that bad off at all. I, I, you know, and mm-hmm. I, it's because I've been taking actions to prevent it. It's the reason why I'm not. But I could be like that if I didn't know what to do. I could be like that. But I'm steady taking actions. You... Yeah, what you getting ready to now say? That, now that you. Feeling better. What have what have you started incorporating back into your diet as a normal diet? Have you incorporated the normal diet back into your? You just still doing the liquid? I, I changed um, my diet since, since I got the virus. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm just eating more natural now since since I got the virus. Cause, uh, okay, so when you even, say even natural, though you I didn't eat salad. Yeah, salads and the berries and all that. I'm eating more natural now. In fact, I just went. To the store, and my brother took me to uh, get the get the stuff for uh, to get some grocery. And I'm not going back to even where I was before. Now I'm more I'm gonna be more even more natural food eater than I than I was before. What about meat? Are you gonna include meat into your diet or seafood? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna phase out meat. I'm still eating meat, but I'm gonna phase it out, and I'm gonna phase it out based on what my body tells me, because you can't just jump mm-hmm. up and do nothing, you know. Because that's if you true, used true. to eating, if you used to eating chicken all your life, and you know, and then you you all of a sudden you <laughs> want to stop, you, you you're gonna send your body through shock, you know. It's gonna go through some shock. So my thing is, and I know how to. Get over addiction, you know, any kind of addiction. You you can either gradually do it or do it cold, cold turkey. And ain't too many people can mm-hmm. do anything cold turkey. So, me, I will gradually uh, pull away from from the. Uh, in fact, I had just started back eating beef for uh, what the last five years or so. I had cut beef out of my diet, you know, mm-hmm. and I just I just mm-hmm. started back eating it. But you know, I'm pulling away from from the meat period, but you, it ain't just put, you can't trust the supermarket uh, food, you know. It, it, it's there, but you don't know how they process it, you know. 
Uh, right. And, it's right. Like, and that's why I really I'm, I'm going to give you a perfect example. My my sister okay. dropped a sack of oranges off at the at the door for me, you know, and uh, a and I started a sack of oranges, and okay. none of them, okay. yeah, they don't have seeds, and I was pissed because and then I said, well, I'm I'm dealing <laughs> with my sister. They don't know no better. They don't know nothing about GMO. GMO is genetically modified organism. Well, if, you, if you're eating an orange and it don't have a seed in any season, it's GMO, you know. And a lot and of food know, is GMO. The potatoes are, G, the, are GMO. The rice is GMO. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And, you know, so, um, I share with many people, you know, in, in, in Genesis one twelve, the Bible tells us we need a seed to reproduce. Why do we have seedless grapes, seedless watermelon? Uh, last summer, or summer before last, was last summer? Yeah, last summer. I'm mm. craving watermelon. I am craving some watermelon. But every store I went to, they had watermelon without the seeds. I want a seed. And I'm driving down Moreland Boulevard in Atlanta, and I saw this black Looked like a black farmer with his truck full of watermelon, and he had a, a flat tire or something with his truck. I mm-hmm. made a U-turn, and I went back to him. His name is Charles. I said, I found out his name was Charles. I said, sir, do you have seeds in your watermelon? He said, that's all I grow. I don't mess with that other stuff. You're <laughs> right. Okay, cool. I bought a watermelon for him. I'm here in Atlanta. My other family were in Wisconsin. I killed the whole watermelon. I juiced. I did everything to that water. It was so delicious. Went back, bought another one, killed that one again, and then I felt bad when I bought my third one. I took the third one with my neighbor. But it was so good, and I hadn't tasted a watermelon like that in years because it's so hard to find a good watermelon. And to eat food that's in a season, we've eaten right. so much food that's out season that we're getting food from China or Korea or different places. Yeah. But I want our listening audience to know when you buy your fruits and vegetables, there's a little sticker on your fruits and vegetables. It tells you how your food was taken care of before it got into the store. If the right. number, if the sticker, the number that starts with a nine is organic. If the number starts with a three or four, it's a five-digit number that means it's grown conventionally, but it used herbicide and pesticide. Mm-hmm. So you don't want a four or three with a strawberry or blueberry because the herbicide and pesticide, when they spray on it, it goes directly into the food itself. If it starts with an eight, which you won't see, but if it starts with an eight, it's genetically modified. Many times they won't put the eight on the sticker because people know. They will sell that in big bags, like he said, a bag full of oranges, a bag full of potatoes. Mm-hmm. It comes in a barcode. You call the 800 number underneath that barcode, they will tell you, oh, in only way for you to stop getting this type of food that without the seeds or whatever, it has to be a nine. So anytime you buy a fruit and vegetable, look for nine, especially if your body is in a crisis already. You don't want to mm-hmm. eat food that's not real or organic. So if you're going through these crises, and Otis mentioned berries, 
and the lemons and stuff like that, you want to make sure that they're organic. So your body right. can do what it's designed to do when you're feeding it because there's no way you're going to buy a Lamborghini and stick regular gas in it. No, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. God created us with Lamborghinis, and so we have to put the best. He put Adam and Eve in a garden. He didn't put them in a, a slaughter field of animals. So they were in a garden with live food. So we have to give our body live things so our body, which is alive, can continue to be alive and to fight. So, and most yeah. people don't want to go through the trouble, all that trouble of knowing these things. They just rather eat what they see and not be bothered with where it comes from. It is genetically modified. They just don't care. And this is what's killing people because you got 300 million people in this country and they figured out every kind of way they can to, to make the food on the shelf last longer so they can get more money for it. Correct. Correct. And we used to grow our own food, and that's what we want to encourage people to, like Otis mentioned earlier, if your family has land, and, um, and many people do have land that's been passed down from generation. And you have to admire our ancestors who didn't have much of an education, but they knew the value of the land because that was the way they were going to survive, to grow their own food, to have their own animals, and not be subject to someone else to control your food and how you got it. So I'm encouraging, you know, we have more and more people going back to the land, even a lot of African-American people who own lands. I've had a couple of farmers on my show. I've met with many of the farmers, encouraging people to support your local farmers because they need the help. And, and yeah. you know that your farmer is growing organic or grass-fed animals, making sure they're not being injected with some antibiotics or probiotics, you know, injected with some kind of stuff, you want to make sure they're good, healthy animals and that you're going to eat it. Because I have no problem with beef or whatever you want to eat, but just make sure what you eat is real deal. And it's, you're knowing where your food comes from and who's taking care of your food. Because, you know, some people, based on their income, where they're living, they can't get to a lot of places, especially in rural areas. So, Growing your own food, and if you have some land, we encourage you to grow your own food. And I'm also encouraging our listening audience to take time to watch this documentary called Back to Eden Film.com. And I said eating like the Garden of Eden. And Paul mm-hmm. talks about how to grow your own fruits and vegetables. There's no plowing, 95% of the time, you don't have to water. And you don't have to use herbicide and pesticide. And your food will come in in abundance. So I want to encourage people to take time to watch that film. Uh, it's on YouTube, or you can go to www.backtoedenfilm.com and watch it for free. And you'll be amazed on what people are doing. And I'm encouraging you to buy seeds because I'm even talking to some of my friends and family friends who are, do own land, and they are farmers. And a lot of the seed companies in outside the city are running out of seeds because people are growing their own food and they're holding on to the seeds. Now, in February of 2005, they opened the seed bank, which is called the Doomsday Vault, where they were Yeah, I read up on that, too. In the country, all over the world, is collecting heirloom seeds, the original seeds, from their country. And here in the United States, they passed a law 
where you can patent your seed. And years ago, our the Constitution, which we weren't a part of the Constitution, they said, look, you cannot patent something that's natural. But Monsanto right. and them, and they've changed the laws and able to get away with it. They're now patenting seeds. So these patent seeds, they collect these seeds, and they put these seeds in a vault in Arts of Norway. And if there's a war or natural disaster or chemical uh, warfare, something that breaks down to interfere with our food supply, they say they would be able to replenish our food supply. Mm-hmm. I want my own seeds. I don't want nobody to hand me no seeds. And I'm telling you guys, seeds are dime a dozen. I mean, what, a package of seeds costs you $2 a dollar or whatever, and you may get five or six or 20, 10 seeds, depending on what it is. But if you're buying organic fruits and vegetables, take those seeds from those vegetables or fruits and dry it out and save them yourself. Mm-hmm. And we want to encourage people to do that because I have no clue what tomorrow's going to look for our, look like for our children and our grandchildren. But we want to be able to give them the skills and the knowledge on how to care for themselves. You're right. What else would you like to share with our listening audience about the coronavirus and your journey with this with this virus? Pay very, very uh, uh, pay a lot of attention to what your body trying to tell you. That's the key. Your body is, is trying to tell you something, and you need to take time and listen and figure out exactly what it is your body trying to tell you. Because if you're going to live on this earth, you know, you need to know what it's going to take to keep you alive on this earth. Now, if you don't care, then that's a whole different story. But I would advise people to pay close attention. And everybody responds different to different situations. So pay very much attention to what your body is trying to tell you, you know, in order to survive the corona thing. Because, well, I'm not going to tell that story because it's something too personal. But I can touch a person and tell there's something wrong with them. I may not know exactly what's wrong with them, but I know know that something is wrong with them medical-wise. And that's a good thing. And that's because you can pick up their energy. You can feel their energy. You have nothing but energy. Yep. Huh? What yeah, was we're that? nothing but energy. I said we're right. energy. We're nothing but energy. Yes, yes, yes. And I can feel that. And you know what? You can sense. You can walk in a room. You can sense when there's the mood in the room is bad or whatever. It's just energy. We 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 portray energy and we get that out. We can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I understand that. Yeah. And we need to move beyond the norm. We need to become. We need to become super super beings in order to uh, live for the future. We just can't be normal anymore, and we need to start thinking like that. Those that want to live here now, those that want to pass on and go to the afterlife, you know, you'll get that too. But I'm talking about people that want to live. I think people want to live a full, healthy life. I don't, you don't want to live a life where you're confined in a bed, you can't move, you can't feed yourself, you're dependent on someone. You know, That's my true. granny lived to be 100, 
when my granny lived to be 105 and she was walking and talking and doing what she wanted and went on a lot of medica- went on no medication. And when she went home, yeah. she went home. And we want to be able to have that life and have it more abundantly. And that's by right. what we put in us mentally as well as physically, what we allow to go in this body and what we feed ourselves. So I want the, the best for everyone. I'm not jealous of you looking like you, you 80 years old and looking like you only 30. Hey, let it be. But yeah. uh, share, your, share your story so others can go there too. You know, sometimes we like to be the, the center of attention like everybody mocking and ooing at us instead of saying, look, what did you do? How did you get to have your hair, your face, your skin, your body in that healthy mode? And that's what we're here about is sharing with the next generation. That, that's, to me, is the most important thing, the next generation. Our generation, yes, you know, we we baby boomers. You know, we did some dumb things back in the 60s and the 70s. We did some dumb things. <laughs> you know, and, and some of us are staying forward today because of what we were doing. But we want to be able to share, give some wisdom to our children so they can say, you know, my grandmother taught me this or my mom showed me how to do this. I know how to feed my family. I know how to take care of myself because I was taught that way. And we need to teach the next generation. That is so important for me. And that's what my business is about. This is what this show is about. It's for us to be able to help each other. Now, I titled this show Men's Help because men tend to not say anything about their health. They tend to, what is it, Otis, that they don't open their mouth about when they're sick? I understand this. Why don't they say anything? Why they just keep it a secret? Well, men got a lot of pride. They, 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 they like to be proud of their accomplishment. They don't like to be seen as being vulnerable or weak, and that's the thing. Now I go get checks up every 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 year. I ain't no fool, you know. I go get a medical checkup and make sure, you know, everything is the numbers are right because everything medical today is numbers, you know. <laughs> so I go get checked every year, and uh, a lot of guys. They don't want to know. They just, in, in their mind, they hoping they would, if they, they just drop dead, if something go wrong, they can just drop dead, and that'd be the end of it. But uh, that goes back to the woman more more than the man, because the woman should be able to feel her husband and, you know, feel that something ain't right with him, and, you know, and a lot of women do. They, they actually make their husband go get checked up, you know, but sometimes it's too late, because most of the men that women that force their husband to go to the doctor be in stage four cancer, you know, like wow, that they caught a card earlier, but they didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't go until it was too late. But women, women do look out for men, but most of the time, women have to just focus in on their husband and, and make sure, you know, he's doing all right, you know, and because uh, men are not going to do it, they're not going to do it for themselves, you know. They're going to do it because they love their woman or respect their woman, but if it comes down to themselves, they're not, going to, they're not going to do it for themselves. So I, w- I would say that men just uh, uh, just stubborn. That's just the nature of a man, man, just stubborn. So what <laughs> yeah, I, you, you I 
you have to accept that. that reality and just yeah. Well, woman is the woman is the nourishing part of a man, you know. And, uh, yeah. What they don't want to tell you is that women are God. Now I might get in trouble saying this all over the state. Women are God. <laughs> wait, and, wait a minute. What did you just say? Women are God. <laughs> yeah, women. Women are God. You know. Okay. okay. No man. No man comes into this world unless he comes through a woman. And women are powerful, but they have to degrade women. Man has to degrade women to control women. The world wouldn't have the problem that it has today if women were leaders. But they don't oh. want women. They don't want women leaders because of male ego. You know, but uh-huh. women. Women are the doctors that the, the 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 medicine that the family need. They the one that feed the family. They the one that knows how to prepare the meals and all that. You get a you get a yeah. strong woman. You got a strong family. You got a weak woman. Yeah. You got a weak family. You know it's Ooh. up to the woman. It's up to the woman to be the leader in the family. The man is just the provider. He's really not the leader. He's the provider. He's supposed to go out and get what she wants to make the ingredient that she needs to keep the family healthy and strong. Now, until we get back to that, ain't nothing going to change in, in the medical field, you know, because man is the problem in the world today. And you see them arguing <laughs> over, the, over the virus and this and that. It's those are men, male ego. You got a president with a with a huge ego. Me, mine, I yeah. did this, and you know, and it's not gonna solve the problem. It's only adding to the problem. When you get women out there, the women are fighting for the family. They fighting for family. They trying to keep things going. Men just egotistic. They like little boys. They want to play all. That's why sports is the dominant thing in this country. <laughs> Grown ass men playing with balls. You know, that's that. This this country is 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 a sport oriented country because this is a male dominant country. And 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 males dominate this country, and males get more money than women, and males run everything. And this is why we got the problem that we got now. It because it's the males are running things instead of the females, but the females can uh, run it. But they got to get they got to get back into their godlike state. And when you start giving power to men, and you know, as being God or whatever, then you you're gonna have problems on earth. Men are men are not wow. the men can't solve men can't solve the problem on earth. Men are the the ones that cause the problem on earth. You know. Until we get back and putting the woman in her position, we ain't gonna never have peace on earth. It's never gonna be peace, and this virus and then, is gonna and bring they, peace. What would you say? Worship, and they need to they need to admire the woman in, in their house, their wives, their children, and and put them in that place that they right. have, that they admire them. <laughs> okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. All right, we're gonna take another break because we'll be right back. On the DR Network, I'm your host, Martha Patterson, with Otis Sports.
right, you're back with the D. Allen Network. My, I'm your host, Marcia Patterson, with For Your Health. And now I have my cousin on, Otis. And we were just talking about the coronavirus. We're talking about men's health and their issues. But, you know, Otis, what you said before the break is that about the woman being in power. And, you know, that could be a very good reason why Satan went after the woman in the Garden of Eden because she is in charge of the food. And what did she do? She handed Eve, Adam, the fruit that she had eaten from. So the power of good health is in the hands of many of the women that's preparing meals and how we provide for our families these meals. I stand in need with that. Yeah, and if we're going to tackle this virus, I think they should let the women scientists uh, deal with it more so than the men scientists. But power to the women, yeah. You, I don't, I don't get along with men. I don't have men friends, and this is one of the reasons I don't have men friends. I don't get along with men. I don't, I don't get into sports. I'm not in the basketball. If you take, let me give you a perfect example. If you take the S off of the word sports, what you get? You get the word court. That's right. So the port is where the ship goes, you know. The <laughs> people, you can, oh, the, the, leader, the leader of the ship is the person that leading, that, that directing the ship, you know, at sea or whatever. But all of our energy, and I'm talking about black, black men, all of our energy in Western society is given the sports. And we wonder why they call us boy. Why do they call us boy? Because we play and act like children, not like men, like children. And they promote sports because they keep the black man down and, and with a childlike state of mind. And it irritates the hell out of me. I mean, to grow up, to be at my age and to see all these things, to see all these things going on, and, and you can't do nothing about it. So I tell well, black men all the time, children play with balls. Why are y'all into sport? Why are y'all, Why don't you promote scientists, doctors? Why don't you do that? Why you got to promote ball, basketball, baseball, football, you know? And we sit. Well, if you go and turn your uh, TV on, cable, if you got cable, the majority of yes. the of the channels, it's about sports. Now, while we running around here playing ball and having a happy, nice, good time, do you really think about where that material come from to build that stadium? Where that helmet come from? Where all the resources that you run around in those people, country that that your league is stealing material from, corrupting, uh, making a bad image to the world. Oh, we the greatest country. We're the greatest country on earth. Yeah, but look at the people you're killing to become the greatest country on earth. You're murdering people to help these rich psychopaths tell you how much money they got and put you in the condition that you're in and hold you down. When you got young black boys going out here killing one another for a $200 pair, Al Jordan that was made in China for 37 cents, something wrong. Something wrong with this society. And that's what the virus is going to destroy. The 
the wrong that's been done on earth. So I embraced it. I got the right, but I embrace it. If it's going to destroy the wrong that was committed on earth, and it's going to keep this earth alive, I'd rather die in defense of the earth than to die in defense of mankind. I'm not going to do it. I'd rather be dead. You know, so if the virus is going to take me out, yeah, I, I want to be the first to die out because of coronavirus. But I love this earth. I love the, the planet. I rather choose the planet over man any day. And and that's the spirit. If we're going to have to take on that kind of spirit, if we're going to survive here on this planet as beings instead of destroying it and, 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 and just sucking the life out of this planet, we need to stop, you know. And see, we don't want to see what our problem is, which is which is our leaders and ourselves, because our – we got people that just eat, eat because it's plentiful. You ever went to a, a all-you-can-eat uh, restaurant? They eat it because they don't even eat half of the food on the plate. They just take it and go dump it in the garbage and run up there and get something else. And I tell you, just take a little bit and taste it and see if you want it. But don't waste the people food. Oh, I paid for this. I'm a, yeah, I can do it. I'll do whatever I want. That's the wrong kind of mentality to be on this planet. So first of all, you consuming dead animals. Those animals gave their life for you to sit down there and chin and, and, and fatten your gut on, and you have no consideration for that life. You're not taking it in your body and say, well, for the good of, of, of the planet. You're taking it. You're just being a consumer of, 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 of things just because it's plentiful to you. And you got people that look at these luxury cruise liners that riding around the world, gluttony, taking it, going to these poor countries where people standing up begging for food, begging for money so they can feed their family. This is the world we live in. I don't want to live in a world like that. I'm glad the cruise liner is broke and, and dying. I'm glad because what the cruise liner does for the planet, nothing. What did he do? John Trump got on TV the other day and said we lost, we spent eight trillion dollars in the war over in the Middle East, in those wars in the Middle East. And now, what what have we accomplished over there in the Middle East? Right now, today, not a thing. All that money going away. Do you know what you could have done with eight trillion dollars? All the highway could have been built. All the schools could have been upgraded. Everything that we that we hollering for now could have been built. But no, we listen to these psychopaths talking about they defending democracy and going overseas, killing other people to take their resources to bring over here to set up and tell about how proud, how we are the greatest country on earth. Yeah, you a country, a C-O-N-T-R-E-E. That's what you are, a country. Woo. I'm telling you, <laughs> you are. And anybody listening to this radio program, you need to rethink your. You need to rethink how you living on this planet. Your Corona nineteen gonna knock you right on off of it, and you deserve to die. Because there's something wrong with human beings on this planet that continue to glut and abuse and misuse not only just plants, animals, and other human beings. You need to stop yeah. and think. This needs to stop. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I'm working on the virus 19, even in my body. Oh, you welcome. You stay as long as you want, and you get tired, move on. 
That's why they and call me the. I see, huh? I see this coronavirus. I see this coronavirus as a plague on on this country, on this on the world, because this coronavirus is yeah, giving the whole earth a relief from man. Yeah, it's just killing the it's the whole world. Yeah, it's sweeping cause, and it came to me. The coronavirus came just about Passover, and the last plague in Passover in Egypt was the death angel. The death angel, what did they tell God told Moses? Get the people, get in your house, and let this plague go over. And they're telling us, go over, yeah. Your home. So, so. yeah. Because you can't, as long as people are doing good, they're eating good, they all there got their big job, and, oh, I'm better than you because I'm driving my Mercedes and my BMWs and all that. As long as they're doing good, as long as they think they're on top of the world, you can't touch them. They looking at you and looking with their nose all down at you like you ain't crap. Money? What good is money doing anybody right now? Yeah. What good is money doing anybody on earth right now? Yeah. No good. People can't, they, they producing money to give the people, but that ain't even doing no good. So how many times they going to reprint money and give it out, pass it out here? In the virus, instead of killing people, what good? You look over there in uh, uh what is it uh, uh, China? No, it's uh, over in European country uh, where they where they throwing the money out on the street. The money is all in the street, oh, Italy, no. over in Italy. Oh, I didn't hear that. The, I didn't hear that. Yeah, they got the money on them. They done throw their money out the window. They dying over there so bad. They got so many bodies, people dying over there. They just ain't money don't do them no good. What good is money going to do us over here? What good is money going to do us over here if people don't have a job? They can't, they can't work. They can't feed their family. What good is money going to do us in life? We don't even know where we headed in this country. I truly believe this is setting us up for new world order. They take talk about new world order. Well, they're going to be in control. And you're right, they're not taking currency, so that means they're going to be encouraging people, which companies are already doing, putting a chip in your hand to be able to process and exchange for money or purchasing. It's the chip or the debit card or credit card. So it's always yeah, a way that's what That's what a lot of people say. Yeah, a lot of people got that, that predicament, but the thing is, who you giving these people your power. You gave them power to the point where they is right now. You gave it to them. I'm not giving it to them. You know, I'm not just not going to do it. I'm not giving them no power. Now, if they want to put their microchip or whatever it is in, you know, I'm not going to give them my power. They, they're going to do it forcefully. I'm not gonna. Do, I'm not gonna volunteer and do anything like that. But you don't know what their plan is because they're not gonna tell you their plan. But I'm saying that okay. go back to nature. We go got, back to Mother Nature. Right. Feed. Start feeding off the earth. Start going back to nature and let them do what they got to do. Because you don't have no power to control them. But you do have power of the control yourself. Now, if Mother Nature want to give you the power to fight them, that can be done too. You know? All right, Otis. We have about ninety. We have about one minute left for the show. I just want to encourage our mm-hmm. We got sixty minutes left. About one minute left, but um, encourage people to take our advice regarding um, the natural way. Look back, going onto the farm, become self-sufficient. 
we want to encourage people that we can win this battle. Just like you said, and that's going back to eating natural, taking care of your body, taking care of your health in a positive yeah, way. The, the, so, the, battle is, the battle that we all are facing today is with ourselves. And my advice to people is to tune in to yourself. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.